Welcome home. A nation welcomes home the two Michaels. Here is Michael covering. I am so delighted to be back home with my family uh, and to be back in Canada. And I'm really looking forward to reconnecting with friends and family and finally getting out and seeing all the beauty of Canada. Uh, so I'm in, I am immensely happy and thank you so much. That is covering speaking on the West Block with Mercedes Stevenson, the West Block on Global. Also on the West Block, Mark Garneau saying out loud, I think what every Canadian realizes or believes, that this was quid pro quo. Here's Mark Garneau. We made that point repeatedly uh, throughout the past uh, 1,019 days that this was a manufactured uh, arbitrary detention uh, directly related to the fact that Canada, uh, respecting the rule of law, had uh, detained among one Joe uh, as part of our respect for our extradition treaty with the United States. That is Mark Garneau, and today I can tell you that Chinese state media has is claiming that the two Michaels were released on bail because of health reasons and that they had admitted to spying. And again, China is maintaining that the two cases are not linked. My next guest is a senior fellow at the Graduate School of Public and International Affairs at the University of Ottawa, Margaret McQuaig-Johnston. Welcome to the program. What do you make of this new assertion from China that the two cases are not linked? Well, thanks, Alan. It's good to be with you. Um, just as we've seen in the whole rest of this whole process, um, you can't uh, take Chinese statements at face value. Um, you'll recall that for the first year and a half uh, of this uh, case, when when anyone raised the Michaels, the, um, the Chinese ambassador said, Canada has to look first to its own mistake. In other words, send Madame Meng home. In, in other words, they were tied. And then for about a year, the past year, they said they weren't. And, um, you know, they, they, the fact that they say they admitted to spying is, a, is an outright lie because they didn't. Um, and so it's, it's just tragic what these two young men have been through. The prison conditions in China are abysmal. And uh, they had been interrogated harshly for six to eight hours a day probably sitting in what's called a tiger chair, which is a metal chair where your wrists and your ankles are in vices that, uh, so that they, they swell up uh, over, the, over the day of interrogation. It's just terrible what they've been through. I've been very worried about them this whole time. I'm thrilled that they're back, as is every other of the 37 million Canadians and hosts of people around the world who were watching this case um, very closely. In terms of those other nations that we're watching closely, one of the narratives we have is that Canada uh, managed to punch above its weight in international foreign affairs by securing uh, a number of other nations that pushed for the Michaels' release and that we were successful in the, uh, the negotiations with the Americans, that the Michaels' fate was on the table at all times. Is that your assessment? What's your assessment of, of Canada's uh, role in getting this deal done? Well, I, I think Canada did a, an amazing job um, through, in particular, uh, the Declaration on Arbitrary Detention, which was the idea of um, uh, François-Philippe Champagne the, uh, 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 about a year ago, uh, getting 66 countries and the EU to 
agreed to a very detailed statement that what China is doing, um, and Russia and Iran, because they do it too, is uh, offside of international law and completely unacceptable in international relations. And that, that, that dialogue to get that agreement is what led to dozens of di- diplomats from other countries standing shoulder to shoulder with Canada's diplomats at the time of the trials uh, and the verdicts of the, of the Michaels. So it was, it was very, very uh, important work. Having said that, um, the fact that China initiated the idea of an exchange, a prisoner exchange, where the two planes would go across the Pacific at the same time, uh, just shows that they're sending a message to other countries that they exercise hostage diplomacy. Even though their words may say they, they don't, their actions say they do. And that's chilling, and it means that Canada has to talk with other uh, countries even more explicitly about the tactics and strategies for uh, pushing back against this kind of behavior. As I read in numerous think pieces over the weekend, I was very much struck by two narratives, which is, one, this works for China. China knows it works. Here it worked. Two, China realizes it doesn't work because so many Western nations are lining up against it and condemning it for it, which is true. Well, certainly um, Canada has been put on the hot seat um, and has not wanted to make things worse for the Michaels. Therefore, we've held back on a number of things that we should have been doing over the last two and a half years, including... um, uh, developing a China strategy, which was announced, and then a year under uh, a year later unannounced, uh, banning Huawei. That's been under review supposedly for three years. Well, it doesn't take that long to to know that it's a national security risk. And uh, and uh, there are a number of other initiatives that the government hasn't taken. So to that extent, hostage diplomacy has worked for Canada. Having said that, we do we did stand up for rule of law. And and to his great credit, Prime Minister Trudeau did not cave in to the the tremendous uh, pressure he got from the business community and from uh, senior liberal uh, politicians like Jean Chrétien to just send her home. Forget about rule of law. The Prime Minister did not do that. He stuck to his guns. And, um, and, you know, we, we do have them home now, thank God. Uh, do you expect the decision on Huawei to come quickly? Will Canada move to ban Huawei? We can't do anything else, but this just it's overwhelming evidence. Um, I'd like to say uh, there are 1,843 reasons why we should ban Huawei, and I can go through every single one if you have the time. Um, but, uh, but there are many. It's a company that's been proven to spy, and... Uh, it's required to spy under Chinese law, the national intelligence law brought in in 2017. If China wanted to placate uh, other countries and, and uh, convey that uh, while we would never do that, it would rescind that legislation, and they haven't done that. But, but I mean, if we accept all of that, I mean, the, the question is, you know, the, the fact is, is that we haven't made a move on Huawei because of the fate of the two Michaels. The two Michaels are now home. Is it now like, let's just get it done? Do you see a decision coming down uh, imminently from the federal government on it? Yes, I would. I would expect a decision 
very quickly. Margaret, thank you so much for your perspective. Much appreciated. Thank you again. Good to talk to you, Alan. Take care. That is Margaret McQuig Johnston, who is a senior fellow at the Graduate School of Public and International Affairs at the University of Ottawa.